You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neil Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I'm your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two impeccably flawless and wonderful <laughs> co-hosts are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. I wish I was. Yeah, Welcome, we're getting folks. there, Mark. We're getting, <laughs> getting there. Well, we're on in, our, in case we're on route. <laughs> yeah. In case you weren't listening to last week's program, this week's program is on an expression of love called in a term, sorry, impeccability. Or impeccable. Again, according to the dictionary, impeccable is in accordance with the highest standards, faultless. I look up impeccability and in about four dictionaries, and it was hilarious what it said. It said impeccability. I thought, well, that's good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I went to impeccable. And other words, synonyms for it is flawless, faultless, unblemished, spotless, perfect. So you just sort of get the idea. Not capable of sinning was another one of them. And I decided to look up what the dictionary calls sin. It says an act regarding... As a serious or regrettable fault, offense, or omission. I went, eh, okay. The other piece that came in was free from fault or blame. And, of course, the synonyms are wickedness, wrongdoing, immorality, vice, crime, error, inequity, irreverence, and desecration. And I'm going, well, a lot of those terms go to religious connotations, and I'm not sure that impeccable really goes there in many ways. But... It does in the dictionary. So, as always, I do have a few quotes. An interesting person, Miguel Angel Ruiz, had a whole book on things you should live by, and one of them was being impeccable. And he said two things. Happiness begins with impeccability of the word. The way to measure the impeccability of my word is to ask, am I happy or am I suffering? If I'm suffering, then I'm not being impeccable with my word. Very interesting. And then his second one was being impeccable with your word is the correct use of your energy. It means to use your energy in the direction of truth and love of yourself. So those two together are very interesting on impeccability. It goes to the word, of course, which I don't think impeccability has solely to do with, but it's a major part. And then Frederick Lentz said, when every aspect of your life is impeccable, then you will find that there's no limit to your journeys into the infinite. And that's a very interesting take on it, because 
if you are impeccable, then that's probably very true. And as an expression of love, I would say in order to be impeccable, it's important that you make a commitment in your life to live in impeccability. And when you know something is loving, that is what you would always choose to do, even towards yourself. And when you act in less than an impeccable way, you are being unloving. And being unloving creates lower frequencies within your body, and this inhibits you going to your higher self. But say all of us are divine beings, and we're in the process of removing our illusions and false masks in order to become, or re-become, probably better, who at our center we all are, and that's divine. Yet most of us daily face situations where we act in an unloving and less than impeccable manner. You get angry, and you throw your anger at everyone, anger at everyone around you, or even the first person you see, for that matter. You know, or you ought to know, that that is not being impeccable. It's not impeccable behavior. And it's important to become conscious and aware of this behavior when and as it occurs. Then choose to be responsible by finding a way to release your anger without dumping it on others. No matter the unloving action, which are those actions that cause harm to you or others, it's important to become aware of them and consciously try to choose not to do them. This is an example of how we can start to move towards impeccability. Most, I would say, of our unloving actions are triggered within us due to emotions such as fear, distrust, lack of control, and or revenge desires. And impeccability requires we surrender to divine will and to cease giving our power away to those lower emotions or negative emotions and resultant behaviors. We must begin to work with them. And if you don't, you will never become impeccable. When in confusion or doubt, stop to ask yourself, what would God do? Sometimes this can be a great clarifier. Being mindful and aware in every moment or in the now is a key element of being impeccable. Awareness involves paying attention to everything going on around you and paying attention to your intuition as well. Being aware leads to spiritual discernment, which is using your heart, mind, and intuition to more fully distinguish reality from illusion. And this applies to any situation. Once we more fully understand the illusions and masks we have, we can more effectively bring in love and live more impeccably. One example I read that I liked, which had to do with impeccability, was where a person who was impeccable could easily discern an individual who was dishonest and recognize that given the right opportunity, that person could steal from them. One of the benefits of being impeccable is that we can use our impeccability to stay on guard in our interactions with people, to become aware enough to recognize the spiritual development in others you should be aware that you shouldn't share your vulnerabilities with some of these people. And those who are not spiritually evolved enough to be accountable and responsible will use, in many cases, your vulnerabilities against you. <laughs> and as the saying goes, would you entrust a thief that you knew was a thief with your house keys? No. Nevertheless, spirituality, although you recognize that in people, is not about judgment, blame, or to vilify any person because you understand that no one behaves in a manner that is beyond their current stage of spiritual development. And when you are impeccable, you allow your loving energy to continue flowing, while at the same time 
making choices based upon observed behavior, your awareness, intuition, and on what love would do now. And even with the current tumultuous global situation we find ourselves in, if we are impeccable, it will ask us to consciously be aware of and to attend to any gaps in love that exist in who we are being. Being impeccable means we show up in the world, in all situations, in every moment, by coming from our heart. Yet, at the same time, we are fully aware of the illusions and masks. And this allows us to bring love to assist in healing in any situation, because we have become impeccable. That's my introduction. So, different take on impeccability. Took me a while to think that one through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, impeccability is associated very strongly with integrity. Mm-hmm. And impeccability today, for me, is almost solely used in my ability to be in the state of self-healing. You mentioned earlier about emotions, Martin. Yeah. And that we were in need of being a totally acceptance of the will. Yes. And as as you both know, and our audience know, I've been very heavily involved on healing the emotional body and the will itself. And in this form of healing, all the emotions need to be accepted. Yeah. Not just the good ones, not just the ones that make you feel good, mm-hmm. but the ones that don't make you feel good. This is where impeccability comes in when it comes to healing these negative emotions that are so uncomfortable and so difficult to, to, to handle. Because when you're in the throes of those emotions and you're needing to express those emotions as the primary beginnings of healing these denied emotions, a lot of times you, it's almost like an, um, you're wanting to act out. Mm-hmm. And you're, because you feel that you're being attacked, the situation seems so very real because you've, you've, you've created it, not recognizing that you were the creation, the creator of these, of the situation. And impeccability comes in here that says, yes, I can see that uh, my anger wants to hit back at this person, but I know that that's inappropriate if I'm choosing to want to heal some of these negative emotions and being totally acceptance, accepting of my will. That, to me, is where impeccability plays an important part in my life right now. Okay. And I would actually take it one step further in that, as you said, when you heal them, those emotions, mm-hmm. and you no longer have that anger that controls you or however it goes, when you heal those emotions and you move to that balance in your heart from will and spirit. Exactly. This is where then you, then you truly grow. become absolutely impeccable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's where that sin does no longer affect you. People who are completely impeccable, which I highly doubt that there are very many, yeah. <laughs> will, will, not, will not fall into temptation. Temptation simply means that there's something in your emotional body that's still hidden mm-hmm. and is still magnetically pulling you towards doing something you feel you should not do. Yeah. So you're, you're not being impeccable in the sense that you are incapable of, of sinning. Is what I'm saying right. yet. And I think yep. earlier on there was that distinction. Is, can an impeccable person be capable of sin? 
No. Not in any normal sense. Because no. I would say if you're impeccable, you're not capable of sin. You don't have anything you would regard as a serious fault or an offense or an omission within yourself. Or all you of that healed is, every, yeah. All of that has been healed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you healed it all. Yep. And it, if you have healed it all, you're in full, total conscious awareness and in complete control of everything that is around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not too many people are there yet. <laughs> no, but it brought up an interesting thought when I was doing this, that when I look at all the expressions of love and I look at impeccable from that angle, yeah, impeccable is the pinnacle. When you reach impeccability, I would say that virtually all the other ones have to be totally in line. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, it's funny because with the with the term integrity, mm. we were we were we were discussing if you have integrity, that means you absolutely don't lie ever. Okay, for instance, right. and then there's little white lies that that we we sometimes will allow mm. because there is a fear of not knowing how to approach the, the topic without creating more more harm. So. There are degrees to integrity that people who practice integrity will – they'll get it sometimes and they'll fall at other times. They'll get back up and they'll get better They'll get better at it. So impeccability is very much the same thing as integrity. It means that it, it, it is necessary to continue to practice integrity as well as impeccability right. until you attain what I call absolute integrity – or absolute impeccability. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying. Once you clear all that out and you have absolute impeccability, you yes. cannot be short on any of the other expressions of love if you have absolute impeccability. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that it's almost the one that, if you're at the absolute level of impeccability, every single other expression of love is at the absolute as well. Or you mm-hmm. can't be absolutely impeccable. <laughs> Exactly. Because it means and it takes practice. It does. It's not something that you can say, I was impeccable with this one thing. Therefore, yeah. I understand and practice. I'm, I'm a master at impeccability. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, one no, out no, of a million. No. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's going to take some time. Some, hey, it's, it's, it's taken us 210,000 years of, of incarnating, and still we haven't mastered impeccability or absolute integrity. Speak for yourself. It's taken me three hundred and ten thousand years, <laughs> <laughs> but I still haven't mastered it. <laughs> Karen, any thoughts? Yeah, actually, I, I've loved what you guys have been talking about. And as we often do, as we prepare for our shows, I was in search of what impeccable might mean to me, in and of itself, over and above what I might think. And I happened upon Miguel Ryu. He has some interesting quotes I'd like to share with our listeners and with the two of you, because I think it might catapult us into some interesting discussions. Mm. One quote would be, use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Then he talks about when it comes to impeccability, always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regress. Hmm. Then there was one that really kind of struck with me. Give me a moment here. Don't make assumptions. 
find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. And I thought that was interesting. And the last one being don't take, and we often talk about this, and it's really about that self-love and being self-confident and the evolution of being your own authentic self. Mm -hmm. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions of others, you will not be the victim of needless suffering. Now, I'm thank you for pronouncing his last name right. I got it wrong in the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes names are hard to pronounce. <laughs> I know. No, I like those. I like the first one. Uh, yeah, I know you like the last one, but I like the first one. I um, liked all of them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, it's interesting that when you look up being impeccable or impeccability, his name comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know he writes about it a lot. And there's very few who do because when you put in impeccable, he comes up on like half the pages. So he's obviously done a lot of work on it. And a lot of people follow him, which is interesting. He's right, though. It is your energy. It is you. Use your energy in the direction of truth and love. Yeah, that's, I think, mm-hmm. what you said. And that goes to the heart of being impeccable as well. It, it does. It, using your energy in the direction of truth and love. It is part of being impeccable. Obviously. It does so certainly, Martin. And when, when you originally had talked about doing our programs on the expressions of love, and when we got to impeccable, and we were talking about it earlier this week, and you said, oh, Karen, just a reminder, we're doing you know impeccable. That's this week's expression of love. The first thing that came to my mind was be impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. And then that caused me to ponder, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. That, that flashed into my head, but what does it really mean to me? So I gave some thought about that. And some things I came up with, and I, it won't be very clear, and I'd look, love to hear your your thoughts on it, both of you. But what came to mind was be concise, be authentic, be real, be heart-centered, be loving, be helpful, be creative in helping humanity as a whole. So when I think of be impeccable with your word, we can so often say words that we don't even give a, give a thought to. Oh, yeah, just hand me that. We don't think about how we said it, mm. the tonality, the expressions we gave, and what does that give off? And so for me, and somehow be impeccable with your word is something that's always resonated with me. So from my perspective, it, it made me think about the fact that what we say has deep meaning when people are listening to us. And what are you saying and what, what are you emoting? when you're doing something or saying something and that whole be impeccable with your words just kind of rung true to me saying make sure that you are confident and comfortable when you say something because what you're saying will affect people's emotions Mm -hmm. every time absolutely you reminded me of a elderly woman i used to know and i forget it was at work somewhere she would sit there and, and you said, you know, give me that thing over there. And she would always say, can I impose you to pass that to me? And mm, I'd go, nice. yeah, here you go. And she'd go, oh, thank you very much. Sorry, I just got my hands full and I can't. Go, no problem. But the way she'd always be so 
nice about asking made mm-hmm. a world of difference. Yeah. <laughs> Impeccable with your word. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. your word emotes emotions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she always That's made you key. feel welcome, even though she was asking for something. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting that the way she phrased everything was always in that loving tone and considerate. And it made a huge difference, and that's why I remembered her. And I only, like, ran into her a few times, but when she did things like that, it was like, hmm, very interesting. So, yeah, it always made me remember that she was like that. Mm-hmm. Shows you, it makes a huge difference. And being impeccable to your word also means that, as you were trying to hint earlier on, Karen, sometimes when you're not as focused or you're not completely present with what you're saying, what you do say can sometimes be harmful to people. And so are you being impeccable? No, because you're not having all of yourself present in your evolving authentic self. And the authentic self is in a state of evolution right now. And the more you can be coming from your authentic self, which means that you are coming from as much of your conscious awareness of who you are in that moment, you're being as fully present with that as possible. This, to me, means being impeccable with your words. Yeah. Because you've got all of yourself present as much as possible before you open your mouth. Well said, Ron. Well said. And I would like to add to that because that's, that's awesome. Because I'm often not very good with that in that when I'm listening to people, I'm listening to them. And then I'm also thinking about how do I respond? Mm-hmm. Where do I go with this? And I think one of the things that we do as a, I can only speak for myself. One of the things that I do is oftentimes I forget to be, as you said, Ron, present. Mm-hmm. And so I'm off thinking about, oh, what am I going to say next? Yes. Instead yeah. of just listening mm-hmm. and engaging with people. And 99.9999999% percent of the time, you will get the answer mm-hmm. to okay, respond yeah. You do not have to have a pre-formulated answer. No. You really that, don't. That's usually an indication that you, that you don't trust your your spontaneity. That somehow, you because you don't have everything or you don't believe that you have everything present about yourself that could possibly give a spontaneous answer, mm-hmm. you've got a plan for it in the midst of having that conversation. So you're split conscious. You've just split your consciousness. You're, you've got one ear tentatively listening, and then the other half of you is possibly looking to the past for situations where this might have occurred and how did you handle that in the past as you attempt to formulate what you're going to say but this isn't being spontaneous this is being this is presenting a a, a repetition of what possibly happened in the past and there's no evolution there no. spontaneity is what is necessary and that right now many many people very much do not trust because their spontaneity is tied in with a lot of their emotional denials. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not comfortable with spontaneity because they don't believe they probably have a past an episode in the past where they were spontaneous and here again it, it led to being not impeccable, meaning right. that they ended up hurting somebody with their with their spontaneity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And actually I'll, I'll share something with our listeners. Mm-hmm. That's something that I struggle with every day. So I actually 
kind of compact myself into certain moments where I say, in this moment, I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes or 20 minutes and whoever I bump into, I am not going to ever have an answer. I'm just going to be engaged in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle. It's mm-hmm. a struggle for me. 20 minutes. That's amazing. Most of us can't even do it for 30 seconds. Oh, I know. It's, well, it, it's a struggle. It's, it's a struggle. And I feel like I'm there in the moment. And then 30 seconds later, I'm like, okay, I disengaged. Mm-hmm. And then I will re-engage and say, I'm sorry. You told me what your name was. Mm-hmm. What was that again? Yeah. <laughs> or you told me that situation. Will you tell me that again? Mm-hmm. Because I'm catching myself. Because yeah. I'm practicing it. Yeah. And it's it's a work in it's a work in progress. Seriously, it's a total work in progress. Well, you said you had to be in the present rather than formulating answers. Yeah. And I don't know who said it, and it's something like this, but it's it's a present in the present, and is always a present to others. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. Donald Walsh. Donald Walsh said something I along those lines. Yeah. Yes. He was present three times over to me. Yeah. yeah. Donald Walsh was brilliant to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and I find myself, I find myself getting lost in it many, many times. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an evolutionary process. We're all in an evolving state here. Yeah. So impeccability is not going to be an easy one to master. Yeah. But as I've said, the more that you can reclaim in your unconscious mind, the more you can look at your emotions and begin to accept them all in a loving fashion that heals them. And you can bring compassion and love to some of these judgments to evolve them. Then it becomes easier to be impeccable and in the extreme case of absolute impeccability, being incapable of sin. Now – There's also the dichotomy here that suggests that if, for instance, Jesus was the Son of God, and if God was impeccable, meaning that he knows he's absolute and he knows it all and and has all the answers, then being the Son of God, Jesus must have been impeccable as well. So there's this whole thing, though, about God not being an evolving God that I throw into the mix because, in my estimation, God is an evolving God. He doesn't know it all, and which is one of the reasons why he created this entire creation was because he wanted to know even more. So for me, impeccability and the absoluteness of not being able to sin, I still have issues with that. It's an ongoing process. I think it is, too. It's always an evolving process. Hmm. And God is evolving, so everybody else is evolving. Yeah. As God evolves, he evolves more quickly and is more capable of evolving in the totality than we are. We can never accelerate or go beyond God's evolution, but God wants everybody to evolve. He, this is why he gave free will in the first place. We're creation in of itself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's a, it's a worthy goal, though. Always head towards impeccability. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. sort of like as you always say about being your sovereign self. It's a never-ending process. Mm-hmm. Impeccability follows that. And that. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly go and say a never-ending because that would imply that we're we're always going to be trying to heal the subconscious mind. Oh, I no, think- no, I meant I go beyond that. I yeah. mean, going yeah. to a much bigger being 
Yeah, but exactly. I don't think whatever stage right. you get to, you always exactly. still have something more to go to. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. But the problem that we have now is because we have so much in our subconscious mind and so much in the way of emotional denial that there's a lot of unpleasantness that still needs to be healed. Once we have uncovered all of what's in our unconscious mind and have become fully conscious, this is the platform by which we will jump off into creation and create something that has absolutely never been created in this time matrix in over 950 billion years. Hmm. This well, is but then what we I'm grow from there still. It's almost as if all up until now, there have been problems in creation and was not originally, I believe, as God intended creation to unfold in the first place. And we are quickly coming to this point where complete healing will eventually happen. And it's from this complete healing that then creation the way God wants creation to be will actually have the ability to manifest. It's, it's an evolving big, process. I, yeah. I agree. It's, and that's what free will does to the mix. Yes. Free will for all living things, all sentient living things. For sure. Can cause all sorts of things because if you decide not to be impeccable and you go to the ego and pride and pump yourself up and everything else and put other people down or attack other people all the time, if you get a lot of power, you can keep other people down for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happened to humanity over the various incarnations is people have gone along wrong routes and other people have followed and people, mm -hmm. have, societies have done things to us to try and keep us down. But all that be as it may, I believe we're still heading, as you said, to where it's ultimately supposed to be for this next stage of opening up. So they can try as they will and delay it as they will, but I don't think they'll kill it. <laughs> no, there have been so many spiritual teachings that have already said that it's already done. Right. We're just now physically trying to catch up. Yeah. We're on our way, folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I always say, when are we going to get there? And I go, well, I don't know, but I hope it's Tahiti. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually loving the fumbling path because at every moment when I fall down, and I get up, there's a new prosperous on the, the awakening. It's like, yay, okay, so that didn't work out. Move on. Who teaches you something? Yeah. We're finally awakening to the point where we learn from our experiences instead of looking on them as faults and move ourselves to unworthiness over every one of them. And that is probably one of the biggest hurdles people have to overcome. And I think it's the more and more people do and they're doing it. All of these things move is such a long way to mm -hmm. heading towards attaining all these expressions of love, but certainly becoming more impeccable. Mm -hmm. With impeccability, it's also, there's also the aspect of doing what you say you're going to do. Being mm -hmm. impeccable with your thoughts you, and your, your visions, your promises, and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Impeccability has a tendency to enlist trust. People who are impeccable can be trusted because you know that they're not going to fall to the wayside and do something that will not embody their impeccability and it would ultimately throw a monkey wrench into the whole you know visionary process <laughs> so in, impeccable people have a tendency to engender trust in others mm -hmm. their energy is always moving in the direction of love mm -hmm. and non-judgmental which is obviously part of love 
and moving away from all that. So when you get someone who is moving to be a being of love and understanding and joy, all of these things, non-judgmental, all the rest of the other side of it, you can't help but trust someone like that. And the other thing I think that's happening to humanity is we're beginning to pick up on the energy so well that we can spot these people immediately. And we're beginning to do it more and more to where we become aware of people and who they are. And as I said in the introduction, what stage of spiritual evolution they're at. Mm-hmm. And as I said, it doesn't mean you're being judgmental, but you're being able to recognize it and you can deal with it in the appropriate way for what level they are at or where they are at in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and where you can guide them along. Yep. Or not, as the case may be. Or not, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, the, for me, the ability to discern has always been a reflection of the healing of the emotional body because it's the emotions that tell you what the truth is. Mm-hmm. You, you often hear people, when they're questioning what the truth is, they'll say, well, what does your gut tell you? What do you feel? Mm-hmm. What do you feel is the truth? So in a sense, they understand that feeling is the ability, has the ability, and the more you're allowing yourself to feel, has the ability to be able to discern the truth. So when you're saying that a lot of people are beginning to see through a lot of the fraud and phoniness in the world today, yeah. to me that's encouraging because it means that they're they're beginning to heal their divine will and that and their emotional bodies. Mm-hmm. And I always put it simply, they're opening up their heart. Love yes. will always recognize what is unloving because uh-huh. <laughs> it's the opposite of what it is. So that generates the feeling of, ooh, don't like that. People are beginning to recognize what is unloving. They may not be able to pin down what the cause of it is or where it came from or all these other things, but they'll recognize it. And they'll know, "Uh, I'm not fond of that. It's not heartfelt. It's not love. And the more and more we even get that basic feeling of recognizing what's unloving, it puts you a long way to steering you along a path, even if you don't know all the reasons. And quite often, I don't think you have to know the reasons. You just avoid things that are unloving. As soon as you recognize something that's unloving, you go, nah, I'm not going to go there. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's all you really need is to, to work along the path is that feeling as well. Because feelings can be signposts. They don't necessarily have to be, as you said, they're not all negative. They don't mm-hmm. have to be negative all the time. And those types of recognizing something that's unloving is a good signpost. It's a positive signpost of telling you your feelings are telling you what to avoid. And that's a positive thing. Intuition. And sometimes emotions will not come with words. Yeah. And this is an indication. I'm going to go right back to the beginning of creation. First, there was the word. Then there was the light. What that simply means is first, there was divine will, which is the word, which is sound, which is vibration, which is the, the magnetics of emotion. So at the beginning, there was no thought. There was simply the ability to emote. That is what was the language that was originally created in the beginning. When the light was created, the light, which in my understanding is the light of spiritual, your spiritual body, this is where thought was born. So there was, there's a whole portion in the beginning of creation where thought wasn't even available. So it stands to reason that there will be times when you will experience an emotion and there is no thought there. It is just pure, raw emotion. 
Mm-hmm. And that can make people feel uncomfortable because a lot of times we associate the mind, for instance, as the seat of power in our spiritual on your spiritual life and it's very difficult for the spiritual body to go back to a time when there when it wasn't in existence in order to experience some of the emotions that were originally created in the beginning emotions were created before there was thought before there was a spirit body first there was the word that's the vibrations that's the mechanics that's the, the magnetics of the will And so, as I said, there will be times when you won't have words for what you're feeling. Right. And don't feel panicked about that. Mm -hmm. Simply be with them. Mm -hmm. And and then sometimes some of these feelings, which we I won't go into it now, but a lot of this is called imprinting in the emotional body. But some of these feelings, this is why it's often been said, when you're wanting to express those emotions in, in the attempt at healing them, don't use words. Words will only convolute and not give a clear representation of what the true understanding in, of the feeling is. So this is where you would go into grunting and snarling and snapping and screaming and guttural sounds, but no words. Hmm. I'll we'll play up on the other ones and go into laughing and smiling and grinning. Yes, and there's that too. Yes. So I, I just wanted I wanted to throw that in because that that's an area that I'm finding quite fascinating these days because that's that's something that I encounter a lot where I've I've mentioned that in, in past programs that when I've been triggered emotionally sometimes there is no thought and a lot of times and then I feel bad because. The other person on the other side is waiting for an answer, and I'm dumbfounded for there. There's nothing that's coming up in my thought, in my in my spirit body, in the way of of thoughts that can be spoken. And so I used to judge that, and I used to feel so stupid. What's the matter with me? I can't. And I'd be so self-incriminating, not realizing that what I was experiencing was more than likely an emotional imprint from before there was even thought. Well, emotions had to come first because you can't have – well, maybe you can, but I highly doubt it. You can't have sentient thought without emotion there first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. sort of like A to B. That's mm-hmm. right. It, and in fact, it is your emotions that will actually deepen thought. You can have books and books and books and books, and you can read them all, but if you don't have an emotional body, you will not know what those books are talking about. Well, and that's a good way to put it. Emotion brings knowing. It brings the knowingness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brings depth to what, and that knowingness can continue to deepen the more you heal and the more you bring your emotional body in the present with you. Yep. No, for sure. I would just ask people to look at how they react to anything. They read, they watch on television, they see something, even a flower, They anything. Your dog greeting you, your cat greeting you. It's an emotion that comes first. Mm-hmm. It's the joy at seeing that pet come to you. It's the joy at seeing the flower. It's all these things, or it can be a, a movie or a documentary that brings you anger or whatever, but it is always the emotion that comes first mm-hmm. before your mind tries to sort it out. And the only thing I can say about that is our other big mistake, is we always try and make our mind figure it out. And our brain, unfortunately by itself only contains past experiences. It cannot divine anything new by itself. You need to open up to higher consciousness, intuition, other things to mm-hmm. um, And that's the emotional body. <laughs> yeah, and then to know it, you need to bring in the emotion again. Yes. It was there all along to bring it all together, cement it, 
so you know what it is. And I've often said that our new spirituality, even today, still has a tendency to ignore the value of the emotional body. We still hear spiritual people talking about the three parts of God. They'll talk the body, mind, and spirit. Mm. You hear that all over the place. And yet, mind and spirit are essentially the same thing. Spirit is what produces the mind. So that is, that in that, in that sense, they're the one. So in fact, you've only got two parts of God mentioned here. You've got the body and you've got the spirit. But, but I, there I, is no mention of the will, no, which is but, your emotional body. And then there's no mention of the heart. But I would say that, yeah, there's no mention of the heart. But mm-hmm. as you said, gut feeling and how your body feels. Your body feels first for a moment. So well, I would say the, the body, body does do it because it comes through the body, yep. not and the mind like the spirit. Interestingly enough, the body is of the same polarity as the will. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the negatives in, in, so, in, in mechanics here. So yeah. this is why a lot of people will say you hold a lot of your denied emotions in your body. So where in your body are you feeling something? Mm-hmm. So yes, Martin, you hit it right on the head there that the body does have – it has a connection, a direct connection with the will and the but, emotions. But they're both instruments. The body is an instrument and the mind Those, is an instrument. Yes. Yes, the, the body tells you first about your emotions, and your mind tells you first about what's coming through from spirit. But they're still only instruments. They're not those two things. And I think that's what people disconnect from. They're all working together. Well, no, they're not, but they should be. Uh, they should. <laughs> yeah, they should be. They should be. Uh, this is, this is the function of the heart. It's supposed to balance the will and the mind yeah. and produce unconditional love. And it's at that point then that we decide, well, now we've got a vision. Let's make it manifest and let's see how it works. Yeah. Believe it or not, folks, in, in a roundabout way, that moves us into what true impeccability is by doing all that. It fits perfectly. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting the way, as you said, it all has to balance in the heart. And people people yes. mention the heart, but they don't always mention it in connection with everything else. They're mm-hmm. mentioning it more now with connecting with the brain, but mm-hmm. they're not mentioning it as much with the emotion. No. And yet no. it's one of the main places you can feel a lot of joyous emotions. Now, granted, a lot of people say they feel something negative. It's in their gut. But when they feel something more light and love and whatnot, it comes from the heart, which, of course, is the center of love. So that makes oh. sense. It's a supreme balance between absolute and unconditional acceptance of the emotions and absolute and unconditional acceptance of spirit. This is what the heart balances. Mm-hmm. And there is no experience more profound than ultimate unconditional love being born within the heart. As we all know, we're all dealing with trying to heal our emotional bodies, and so we have emotional denials and what is called lost will that needs to be recovered, as well as lost light. One of the reasons why we've had so much in the way of spiritual teachings in the past 100 years is because there are there were errors in our spiritual understanding that needed to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And so there's lost light, there is lost will. Now the heart is trying to balance what at least can be balanced between the two, and it is having a hard time doing this. Mm-hmm. If you ask people, you know, on a lot of the programs and a lot of the spiritual programs that are out there and talking to people, a lot of people recognize that they have a hard time opening their heart. They have a hard time bringing that love through and light through. They know it's there. They know it's coming through a bit. Now, more and more people are doing it better. But Mm -hmm. you're right. It's been a struggle for a long time to bring heart through. 
what couldn't be accepted between the two polarities is what's caused the heartlessness that is experienced within the heart. Well, it's sort and of this, I ignored it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. The more we heal both the spiritual aspects and regain the lost light, as well as the lost will by healing our emotional bodies, the depth of the unconditional love in actual fact, that's not even, it's the depth of the love that we can feel. Mm continues to deepen and deepen and deepen. And this is where people will experience these states of what are called samadhi, where the emotion is completely imbalanced with the thought, and it is the supreme expression of what being God is all about. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that when you look at coming through your heart and what your heart does, there's a whole Heart Math Institute that talks a lot about the heart and how it connects to everything and brings everything together. And they've been focusing a lot on heart-mind. But when you look at the emotions, it's interesting that how we can divorce ourselves for so long from it. Because when you move into automatic anger that's so buried so deeply over something or things, many, many things that people have said to you over your life, and it just triggers you when someone brings it up or mm -hmm. someone acts that way to someone else. It's interesting that we haven't recognized really till now that that instant anger and not dealing with what it's all about and where it's coming from is so obviously unloving that it's fascinating the way we have this, what do you call it, the consciousness, the break there where... The gap. Yeah, the gap where we don't even join the two and yet they're so obviously sitting in front of us that when yes. you recognize it, you go, how oh, the heck did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoa okay <laughs> yeah and as i said the, the gap that that martin that we've just mentioned is where we put all of lost light and lost and lost will this is the gap and earlier on we were talking about businesses and impeccability the fact that in many cases businesses don't embrace impeccability or wasn't this this was in the last program we were talking about yeah, hum humility humility, humility yeah. yes but it almost ties in there because you as i said there's a gap between being humble and an attempt at being humble there's a gap there most people are afraid to go into and they don't even know why they're afraid because even entering into it at one point was more than likely so disastrous that they didn't even want to allow themselves to even visit that area again. It's funny you mentioned that because it just rung a bell with me. I never even thought. I mentioned it to you, Karen, on the program last week on humility. I had a guided meditation that, mm. that helps move you to the heart more and humility. And I forgot yes. all about it. I didn't even bring the paper out. There you go. Where's my mind? Not meant to be. <laughs> divine timing. Yeah, divine timing. We're, br we're bringing it all into the now, okay? We're bringing it in, yeah. <laughs> it is interesting that yeah, impeccability does have to move to balance in the heart. That's another way of looking at it. And we've come around to that. And that really is... When you're unblemished in that sense, untarnished, perfect, uh, ideal, a model, it, it does move to all that. Yeah. I mean, when I when I think about it in terms of how we live our lives, it feels like utopia. Mm. When you say impeccability right. and humility from last week's show, yeah. I'm like thinking, oh, this is like floating on a cloud. Mm -hmm. And yet it's not that easy. <laughs> no, no. Because there's all these outer forces coming oh. in. 
once again, it's how all of the expressions of love keep intertwining one another and impeccability cannot be separated from humility because you can't be impeccable with your word. You can't be authentic in who you are and not be humble in what you do and how you're being. So once again, we're, we're talking about how you intertie all of these things together. But it's interesting as we, we, we talk about everyday life, it sounds good uh, when, we, when we chat about it, but what does it mean when you go into your everyday life? And let's face it, I don't know about you guys, but for me, there are challenges every day. How do I trust my impeccability? How do I trust that I can be impeccable with my word? Mm. What, what, where does my confidence level come from? Last week's show was about humility. How do you be humble? So I think it's always, for our listeners, it's always about, it is, in fact, a work in progress. Mm. And it's always about moving forward and seeing some little movements along the way that say, yeah, I'm being true to myself. I'm being authentic. But I also know I'm got some challenges along the way. And we're, we're not about to tell you that, hey, it's going to be easy. It's about working through it. Yeah. And it, it, it won't be easy at first. But the more you apply yourself, it does become easier. It's like, it's like dealing with fear. The more you challenge it, your fears, the less serious to challenge and the easier it becomes. Yeah, very true. And it's the same thing with impeccability. It's the same thing with all of that these. Comes. Yeah, at yeah. first, it will be difficult. Well, for sure. Because you're, you, it's, it's not something that you're used to doing. No. The smaller the line becomes. Yeah, you have to be conscious of it, for sure. And yes. the more you're conscious of it every moment is the more it comes into play. So you might originally be conscious of it for five minutes during the day in there. But then when you think about it more, you're conscious of it all of a sudden a month later, 10 minutes a day here or there. And yeah. then it keeps on growing and growing until it becomes really who you are in every moment. Mm -hmm. And and you work on it. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is once all of this is healed, this is our natural state of being. There will be no need to work at it. What takes the work is not being natural. Mm -hmm. Because once you go there, yes, it is much easier to be there. It makes yeah. your life more joyous to be there. It's just when an automatic I, offshoot. That when I look and see how much fear I had 30, 40 years ago, and the fact that I have worked on it, the the struggle in my life, trying to remember lies, for instance, what you know, what what lie did I tell this person? I'm going to have to make sure that this other person, mm -hmm. the lie that I tell this other person, doesn't conflict with this lie. Uh, if the, if the amount of work to try to suppress. And to and act and act out all of these fears was tremendous. Yeah. So the what when you start challenging that and letting go of it all, mm -hmm. and you become more of your authentic self, the easier it will become because you're moving into something that is natural. Yep. Well, and I remember that period where the lies were getting so convoluted they were driving me crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in that regard as well is because you're not going to be perfect in your impeccability. Mm is you'll need to forgive yourself on a constant basis. Remember, forgiveness is needed only up until we have removed all of the fears and have have resolved all of our conflicts, you know, yes. emotional and spiritual. 
Yep. So until that day comes, forgiveness is essential. I can't tell you how I relieved I am to not be like that anymore. <laughs> it, it became a real chore. It became a real stress. Lying and covering them up and doing this and doing that. And, and, it, mm -hmm. and the interesting thing is I noticed that I have some friends who have friends like that. They know it. Everyone else knows it. But they still think they're fooling everyone. And yet no one will tell them, which I find is kind of interesting that they won't mention it. But It's sad. It's sad because ultimately they're simply attempting to fool themselves. Yeah. But why wouldn't any of their friends tell them? That's ah, and that's the thing. When you know, when you've healed yourself, you will be able to tell the truth at all times, and there will be an emotional balance that, in your telling of the truth, mm. will will only contain healing. There mm. will be no judgment and nothing that will be said that can be construed as unloving. And I think that that's part of the problem: is that most people, when they don't say anything, don't have within them the ability yet to say things in a loving way. That's right. Because they haven't yet healed enough of themselves, they haven't brought enough of themselves present in the moment to be able to comfortably say, I can handle this situation, I know what to say. And maybe it's good that they don't at that point because mm -hmm. they don't know how to say because it. They, they might be, it won't be and healing and loving. <laughs> you know, and remember when I said I know what to say? Mm. Again, that no Again, is a reflection of how much of your emotional body do you have present fully and unconditionally present with you. Yeah. Well, and the other, all parts. Yes. In yes. the center. Yeah. So I, I have an in another interesting quote. I know I give them endlessly. And this <laughs> one's by Amram Mikhail Avanov. And it says, if you see to it each day that your conduct is impeccable, the following day will be completely clear. And you will be free to carry out your plans, always vigilant that you leave no loose ends. In this way, each day will find you free and well-disposed. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting look at it. Mm, so I, I like do it. like that. Yeah. It is a wonderful, that reminds me of one of the teachings that uh, Grandmother Parish and my elder would often say, when your, your head hits the pillow at night, you should have left nothing left undone in the day. You must have completed everything that you said you were going to complete. If you have offended somebody, especially if it's your partner, make sure that you come to a resolution before your head hits the pillow so that you do not bring in the guilt and the fear of not completing something and not being impeccable to your word into the following day. Once you can do that on a day-to-day -day basis, this is where you begin to embrace freedom and eventually unconditional freedom, something that most people still don't have an idea of what that is. Mm -hmm. Karen, your thoughts? I'm thinking for all of our listeners, may you do this week living your life impeccably. How that feels for you. It's true. Moving towards impeccability does bring you joy. It does bring you calmness and it does bring you balance. And Great. It brings you power, brings you completion. Yeah. Brings you a thousand different things, which are all wonderful. Grace. So, grace. Yes. Yes. So, interesting. So, that's impeccable or impeccability. That, unfortunately, just about brings us to the end of the program. On a more personal note, in some of our programs, Karen has been kind enough to mention my book, entitled Receiving the Gift We Give which is actually subtitled, Bringing Love, Joy, Unity, Understanding, and Freedom 
into our lives. These are what I have termed our core drivers, which I have mentioned on many programs, and I believe they are the foundation for you building a strong connection to the divine and creating for yourself a solid foundation of spiritual energy. Many of us struggle each day to find love and joy, but there is a way to discover love and joy and move it into your world. You can make them commonplace rather than just a rare event. In my book, I take you through a journey about communicating with God and how to re-engage who you are and explore why you are here. I provide you with what I believe is a different perspective on our world as seen through your heart. My book begins by me telling you my story about coming through into this life, and the book ends with my death experience. For me, they are fitting as a beginning and end, as both provided me with a loving view of who we really all are. I was overjoyed with the announcement that my book won a 2016 International Book Excellence Award under the category Inspirational. I was further thrilled when a literary critic from Kirkus Reviews stated the following. His explorations of human potential might be inspired by God, but they don't require one. A stirring revelatory program for rethinking and reorganizing your life. Kirkus Review. My book Receiving the Gift We Give is available on Amazon eBook, Kobo eBook, as well as through a link to my distributor on my website, www.receivingthegiftwegive.com. I would ask you that if you enjoy the program Sovereign Self, then building your strong spiritual foundation through the understandings you can discover in my book, I believe would make a wonderful addition into your life. In love, oneness always. I thank you. And beyond that, do have an impeccably fabulous week. <laughs> have a wonderful week, everybody. Have a fantastic week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.